0: on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is developer Matt Abbott. He is the owner of Abbott properties he owns many properties in the east crossroads district and his latest project is converting the old kansas city costume company into a boutique hotel that's scheduled to open later this year welcome to the show today matt
1: thank you kelly
0: absolutely glad to have you here now the last time i checked you owned 15 properties there in the east crossroads is that about right
1: that sounds about right.
0: Okay, uh, you're doing so many things. I just wanted to make sure there. What kind of buildings are you interested in?
1: I look for buildings with character and uh, potential for redevelopment to create into something exciting. Uh, it's it's key to find parking, and also buildings that we can find that uh, fit tenants' desires. But it's all types of different styles and types and multi story buildings in the East Crossroads area.
0: Mm -hmm. What attracted you to the East Crossroads to start with because those kinds of buildings were there? Or did somebody give you a tip? Or how did that all happen?
1: I think that the Crossroads is one of the most interesting uh, boutique areas in all of Kansas City. I'm an entrepreneur and I love authenticity, I love creativity. And so naturally I was drawn to the Crossroads area because I believe that that's kind of the center in Kansas City for creativity. Mm -hmm. And so what I saw was that the Crossroads was booming and had become successful, uh, but there was an opportunity to really impact the neighborhood by uh, pushing it eastward. And so I saw that I could become a catalyst to push the crossroads east all the way potentially to 71. Now, being an entrepreneur, a lot of times it's difficult to take on the redevelopment of a building when you're trying to start your own business. Yes. So I felt that I could uh, help create a larger area for creativity and entrepreneurship in Kansas City that entrepreneurs that were opening up their own businesses couldn't necessarily do without an experienced developer doing that.
0: Okay, now when you talk we've been making a little bit of a distinction here between crossroads and east crossroads. For people who aren't real clear about that, how would you define East crossroads?
1: Um, east Crossroads is uh a little bit grittier. it's a little bit um more industrial. um it's a little bit more cutting edge um, and there's definitely. You know, in many people's minds, a border probably on Grand, where you have the central crossroads between Grand and Broadway, Mm -hmm. and you have the east crossroads uh, that's bordered by Grand and Highway 71.
0: Okay. So it really is getting pretty far east there. What would you say or do you even have one some sort of a master plan? Uh you as you talk, you sound pretty definite, but uh and, and with that much invested in it too, do you have some overall vision that you're striving towards there or is it really when you see an opportunity, you take a look at it?
1: Um well, yes. Um <laughs> I, you know, I, when I speak, I speak definite because I believe when you take action, you want to be definite and confident mm-hmm. in your action. Um, so uh, my master plan was to acquire enough real estate to make a large impact to really drive uh, the development and revitalization eastward. Uh, with the amount of properties I've uh, acquired at this time, um, we've made that impact and we now have the economies of scale mm-hmm. to make a real um, a real significant push for redevelopment in that area. Will I continue to purchase properties? Uh, yes. When the opportunities come available, but at the same point, uh, we don't have to because I believe that now that we've made that major push and that impact, I think that, uh, other people will continue to follow that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that we have to purchase them all at this point forward because, um, other people will join, you know, like they did in other areas of town for the redevelopment part, just and like they have.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of a master plan, uh, how did you get started in real estate at such a young age? I know you and your brother purchased uh property. I think you were 22 and he may have just been starting high school, as I recall. Um, how did, how did that all come to be?
1: Um, well, I, I didn't listen to anybody else. I, uh, except for, uh, you know, I listened to my own gut. I read books on entrepreneurs and real estate developers. And I believed that if I took action and um, put my energy and effort into it, I could make something happen. So um, even though a lot of my, you know, family was a little bit fearful for me, um, my brother and I, we we started buying uh, small uh, inexpensive properties and, um, you know, affordable areas that when you don't have any money, uh, you can afford to buy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got started, uh, piece by piece that way, but your story really goes back even further, uh, when you would, uh, go out and, and save alum- or pick up aluminum cans and you, I mean, you were entrepreneurial from a very young age and that was instilled in you by your father, wasn't it? If I remember yeah, properly. So,
1: um, my father You know, he's a very much entrepreneur. Um, So growing up, he always taught us to, uh, you know, save our money, number one, spend below your means and look for ways to create wealth and make money and start businesses. And so my dad was always brainstorming with us as children on how we could Uh, you know, make money or build a business or do something outside of the box. And so, I mean, that that goes back as long as I can remember.
0: Yeah, I think it it was kind of a funny story when I was reading about your um, childhood that you'd have friends over and you'd say, let's go for a walk, and you would go collecting the aluminum cans. Yes. (laughs) So, and then that morphed into a larger recycling project, uh, your next entrepreneurial phase, so to speak, where you – had an opportunity, they started collecting more than aluminum, the recycling center, if I remember right.
1: That's correct. So um, it started with a Boy Scout project, actually. Oh, okay. And my Boy Scout troop said, Hey, we're going to have this uh, fundraiser where we want you to go out and ask all of your neighbors and friends to collect newspapers. And then we're going to save the newspapers and sell the newspapers. So we did that and we got like a truckload of newspapers, you know. And uh, then my dad was like, Well, while we're at it, (laughs) why don't you go back to all those people and say, instead of throwing away your newspapers, you continue to save all those items and you save any other items like glass bottles or aluminum cans or anything else that we can sell. They can save those on a daily basis and we will go around on a weekly basis and pick up all those items. And so, my my brothers and I, we would walk all up and down our street with, like, wheelbarrows and, uh, you know, wagons and load up all the goods. And then we would just have, like, truckloads that we would sell every week or two to the local recycling place.
0: Yeah, and as I remember, when they finally put a formal recycling program in place, didn't they adopt some of the things that you were doing or uh, kind of looked at you guys for... If I remember that right, did they do yeah, that? Yeah, so
1: they didn't necessarily, uh, you know, look to us for uh, you know advice or anything like that. But the the city of Quincy, ten years after we started our you know street recycling program that we did, the city of Quincy did the exact same thing yeah. on an entire city <laughs> level. Uh, so you know the, ahead
0: of your time there. Yes. but that's what good entrepreneurs are in some ways. You uh, then. The a big a big changing point. Your dad bought a lawnmower to mow the lawn, and he said that if you would mow the lawn, then you could use it to mow others' lawns, and that's when you really started bringing in some money, if I remember.
1: Yeah, I guess if you call it bringing in some money. <laughs> well, your friends were
0: making minimum wage, and you were charging what fifteen bucks an hour or something, or a lawn or something.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, you know, dad dad's bought a lawnmower, and uh, he actually bought a riding lawnmower, um the first one was used. And, uh, so, uh, we were allowed to then take those lawnmowers that my dad bought for our own house and use them and drive all over town to cut other people's lawns. So at a very young age, we started, you know, a lawn mowing business. Mm
0: -hmm. So you, you were very entrepreneurial even from a young age and as I recall, you had two goals growing up in life. One was to become a millionaire before the age of 30, and the other was to compete in the Olympics. Tell us about where you are with those goals now.
1: Um, well, I mean, the first goal um, I definitely uh, achieved a few years at a time, and uh, there were many times along the way uh, that people you know, said, that's impossible, how are you going to do that? Um, you know, They wanted to bet me that I couldn't do it. And there were times, uh, through those years that, um, I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to do it, but I just kept that belief in my mind that I would figure it out and I would come through and, uh, I would just keep on taking action and moving forward. And, um, so, I mean, my brother and I hit, uh, the financial goal at about the age of 27 for myself, as far as, um, you know, competing in the Olympic games, uh, that goal did go by the wayside. Um, but with that goal in mind, uh, I, you know, really focused hard and was able to, um, compete at the collegiate level. Um, so, uh, in track, right in, in track Mm -hmm. and cross country. And I Mm -hmm. qualified for uh, nationals at the collegiate level. So, um, you know, I believe that setting a goal, and going after it, and even though you may or may not always achieve it, I believe that I went a lot further than I would have if I hadn't had that goal.
0: Exactly. What's that old saying, uh, shoot for the stars and land on the moon or something like that? Uh, Absolutely. You, you, still, you still achieve great, great goals when you aim high. Um, so that's what you learned from setting a goal like competing with the Olympic Games. How did you survive the recession? So many developers struggled through the recession. Many a recession. Many of them you know, don't even um, have anything to show for it, but you came through it? How did you do that?
1: So I believe in creating a viewpoint in your own mind. And um, in my business, I believe that a recession is an opportunity to have growth and expand. And over the years, I had seen that many successful real estate developers and many successful businessmen, when a recession happened, instead of looking at it as a um, negative, uh they look looked at it from a context of being a positive opportunity, and so when these recessions started to happen, I immediately evaluated my own businesses and my own choices, my own acquisitions and developments that were underway and I made quick decisions on which uh which acquisitions were still viable to move forward with or which projects to put on hold um and then looked for other opportunities within the market to, uh, expand and, uh, grow our business. And so, um, essentially, uh, we just found opportunities in the market at the time Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was a mindset, I believe.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, you come out the other end and you're, you're, um, poised to go even higher because of this. Now, one of the things that you talked about when you, you mentioned your childhood, you mentioned Quincy. How did you get from Quincy to Kansas City?
1: Well, um, I went to school at the University of Missouri. Um, after uh, Missouri, I went, ended up back in Quincy because that's where we started uh, acquiring our first properties. And we had acquired probably in the neighborhood of about $750,000 worth of real estate mm-hmm. uh, within a few years being back in Quincy. Um I then was able to come across a large apartment complex, uh, and I knew I needed to get outside of Quincy if I wanted to follow what I really wanted to do. And so I found a large opportunity in Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. Uh, when that project was nearing completion, I made the decision that I really wanted to be a part of something bigger. I wanted to develop skyscrapers, and I wanted to be a part of a downtown revitalization. Mm. I happened to. Uh, be in downtown St. Louis over the 4th of July. And I saw a bunch of opportunities there. um, And I started digging into historic redevelopment in the city of St. Louis. Um, Along with that ended up I learned enough that I ended up in Kansas City and saw that I believe that there was even a bigger opportunity in Kansas City and that I was getting in at an earlier stage than in St. Louis. So I wanted to move to Kansas City specifically to be a part of urban redevelopment and I believe that if I learned how to do that, I eventually would be able to uh, go in and redevelop entire neighborhoods um, by myself. Uh, with going through that learning process, and and so, the funny thing is, is what I'm doing today in the crossroads is actually a seed that was planted when I first showed up in Kansas City over a decade ago.
0: Yeah, and you're you're certainly making a difference there. On along that lines, what are some of your proudest accomplishments?
1: Um,
0: Specific buildings, the whole area.
1: I mean. Uh you know, one one of my proudest accomplishments is, is um I'm married to an amazing wife and uh we're happily married. Um we're madly in love and um I think in this day and age uh that's something huge. Um because not only that, but you know, I'm a businessman so I work a lot, I travel a lot and so being able to um pull all of it together. Mm-hmm. Um that's something that I'm proud of. Um you know, I've, I've created a great business with my brothers, um, and we've worked together to redevelop a lot of amazing projects. Uh, I have a wonderful team around me of great guys that uh, put everything into what we do. Um, you know, when we redevelop a neighborhood and we redevelop a building, uh, we make an impact on um, the area that we redevelop, and so it's exciting for us to see. Um, We get a lot of self-gratification out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think uh, some of... My biggest uh, accomplishments, though, are are ahead of me and, and yet to come, and I'm excited about those things.
0: Yeah, and, and, and Kansas City is, is uh, going to benefit from them, too, I'm sure. You talked earlier about how working with entrepreneurs, a lot of them trying to get their business off the ground and at the same time trying to buy a building or rehab a place is just too much to take on at once, so you're there to help fill that void. What do you see as the overriding implications of someone like you being able to work with entrepreneurs like that? I mean, for the individual entrepreneur, um, it's pretty clear what, what the outcome is or what the implications are. But for the city itself to be able to go in and work with entrepreneurs like this, what does it mean to the economy? What does it mean to the base? I mean, for you to be able to offer these kinds of things?
1: Uh, it's my belief that entrepreneurs are the heart of you know, business and the economy and uh, our city, when it comes to financial growth and opportunity, uh, you know, entrepreneurship is where it begins. Yes. And so every every large, successful company you know of all started with a man or a woman and an idea, and it, it came from there. That's why I love the Crossroads. I think that the Crossroads is the epicenter of entrepreneurialism in Kansas City, And so I think that the city, it's critical for our city to um, really embrace uh, the area and do everything our city can to continue to support that because so many things are going on down in the crossroads. It it blows my mind someday when I walk into offices and I hear about the amazing things that are going on in the crossroads and the ideas that people are coming up with and taking action on. I mean, some of this stuff is so cutting edge. It's like, is this really going on in downtown Kansas City mm-hmm. in the crossroads? I mean, people have no idea how much energy, creativity is down there. And I meet people every day that um, are, you know, taking on things that ultimately can impact and change the world.
0: Absolutely. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you to talk more about your plans, or maybe there's an entrepreneur who's listening and says, I've got to talk to this guy. How would they get in touch with you, Matt?
1: Uh, the best way is to email me. It's My email address is matt at abbottproperties.net, and that's plural, matt at abbottproperties.net.
0: Matt at abbottproperties.net. is willing to talk with you if you'd like to have a conversation. Thank you so much for your work in Kansas City, and thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Kelly. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.